the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. The Bob Brant's already good morning to you as we begin at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. Thanks for joining us. It's a Thursday, the 29th morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. We have a very large local news story breaking this morning. It actually broke last night. It started yesterday afternoon. It involves the mayor of the city of Cleveland. It involves the mayor's grandson, one of the mayor's grandsons, and it involves police and a homicide. And that's all I can say at this particular moment in time. I will say much more coming up after the bottom of the hour news. I've got a couple of sources who have explained some things to me that are very, very concerning about the way this homicide investigation turned last night, and it ended up with homicide detectives and police officers with a very heavy presence at Mayor Frank Jackson's home last night. His grandson uh, was being questioned at the home, and that is the crux of the information that I want to share with you. I will give you the the details of coming up after the bottom of the hour news. The mayor's grandson was questioned at home last night, not at the police station, which may not seem like it matters to you. It does, and I will explain why after the bottom of the hour news break. For now, though, as we begin, first of all, welcome and thank you for joining us. Dr. Everett Piper, an hour from now at 10.05, is going to talk about a whole host of things, including why the Equality Act is exactly the opposite of equality and uh, a host of other uh, societal and cultural issues that we always get from the uh, very uh, uh, wise Dr. Everett Piper. So that'll be at 10.05. I want to start this hour with this. Uh, what is fake news? What is the definition of fake news? One might say that the definition of fake news was clearly uh, offered up by MSNBC over the last two nights. 
You know, the president takes a lot of heat for calling the uh, mainstream press, particularly the fake news media, fake news and the enemy of the people. He is he is blasted for suggesting that he wants, you know, full positive coverage, as in state-run media. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes the president goes a little bit too far to that edge. I think he creeps out toward that edge as an in danger of, and is in danger of falling over a little bit in that regard. 100% honesty here. Yesterday, the president tweeted uh, a series of tweets that I found just very, very troubling, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I'm gonna, in fact, I'm going to read this with you so that I can provide you with the fair and balanced coverage that the mainstream media won't. Unlike a lot of people, I will give credit where it's due, and I will call people out who deserve to be called out. I will praise the president when he does that which is praiseworthy, and I will condemn the president when he does uh, things that I think are big mistakes. And I think this is one of those examples. This three-tweet storm yesterday at about this time from the president complaining about Fox News not carrying his water enough. No, really. Listen, this is important background info, and I know it's going to make you mad when I criticize the president on things like this, but I want you to give me the benefit of the doubt here. I think I've earned that over the course of the last several years. Bear with me. Here's the, what the president said that I have a problem with. We'll tie that to uh, what the conversation on fake news that I'm just launching. The president tweeted 23 hours ago, so like I said, yesterday at about this time, quote, just watched Fox News heavily promoting the Democrats through their DNC communications director, spewing out whatever she wanted with zero pushback by anchor at Sandra Smith Fox. Terrible considering that Fox couldn't even land a debate and Dems give them nothing. At CNN and at MSNBC, next tweet, are all in for the open border socialists or beyond. Fox hires, give Hillary the question, Donna Brazil, Juan Williams, and low-rating Shep Smith. Hopeless and clueless. They should go all the way left, and I will still find a way to win. That's what I do, win. Too bad. Third tweet. I don't want to win for myself. I only want to win for the people. The new at Fox News is letting millions of great people down. We have to start looking for a new news outlet. Fox isn't working for us anymore. End tweet. Uh, uh, Look, let's be what I always am, honest and fair. And that means criticizing people that I support. So I will state this emphatically. I support President Donald Trump. I support the agenda. I oppose the socialists. I want him to win re-election. And I want him to continue to do great things for this country. That needs to be made clear. While I then condemn that tweet storm, Fox News isn't supposed to be, quote, working for you. Don't, I mean, that last line... We have to start looking for a new news outlet. Fox isn't working for us anymore. That is not the job of a cable news network to work for you. Fox is supposed to provide fair and balanced coverage that is lacking on CNN and MSNBC and the others that you referenced. Their job is to provide fair and balanced coverage, and they do. I don't like Shepard Smith either, Mr. President. I'm not a fan of Juan Williams. And I'm not a fan of Donna Brazil being hired by the network. 
But if you don't have all of the sides covered, you're not being fair and balanced. They do have all of the sides coverage are covered. You know, the TV show The Five on which Juan Williams appears, there's four conservatives surrounding one liberal, Juan Williams. You're saying he shouldn't be there. You just need five conservatives. I, I understand the frustration, especially with the hiring of Donna Brazil. But this statement that Fox News isn't working for us anymore is a problem. It makes it look like they or they were working for you rather than just providing fair and balanced coverage of you, which is their job, which makes them a billion times better than CNN and MSNBC. So I need to get that out there as the backdrop for this part of the discussion. When we talk about fake news, when we talk about... Um, uh, the enemy of the people, as the president has called the mainstream media that has been pro- so uh, provocative in trying to promote phony Russian collusion stories, trying to tear down the president every single opportunity they can, no matter how good things are going, tear down the president and claim that a recession is coming. No matter what it is, they have tried to tear him down, just abandoning all pretense of objectivity. That is an enemy of the people. They are, when they refuse to give the people fair and balanced coverage of the president, and that means giving him credit when it's due, then they are not serving the people. And when one is not serving the people, it can be very easily argued that one is indeed an enemy of the people. It is their job to serve the people with facts, with truth, with fair and objective and uh, and balanced coverage, and they don't do it. So the president takes all of this heat for talking about fake news and talking about uh, uh, the enemy of the people. Let's define fake news. And I think the best way to define fake news is, again, from MSNBC over the course of the last two nights of their, of their uh, uh, news coverage. I want you to listen to Lawrence O'Donnell two nights ago claiming that Donald Trump is in the hip pocket of Russian billionaires. Listen to this. This is important and it matters. And the source says that Deutsche Bank is in possession of loan documents that show Donald Trump has obtained loans with co-signers and that he would not have been able to obtain those loans without co-signers. The source close to Deutsche Bank says that the co-signers of Donald Trump's Deutsche Bank loans are Russian billionaires close to Vladimir Putin. If true, that would explain every kind word Donald Trump has ever said about Russia and Vladimir Putin. If true, if true, that would be a significant factor in Vladimir Putin's publicly stated preference for presidential candidate Donald Trump over presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. So the Mueller report, which cleared the president of colluding with Russians, wasn't enough. The Mueller testimony, which did not prove anything more than the Mueller report did about the president colluding with Russia, that wasn't enough. The four separate congressional investigations that tried to prove Donald Trump was colluding with and and supporting and was supported by Vladimir Putin and the Russians, four separate congressional investigations which cleared him of all of the above. 
they weren't enough. Now MSNBC and Lawrence O'Donnell are going to go on TV and report live from a single source that Donald Trump received massive loans that required co-signers, and those co-signers were Russian oligarchs. Russian billionaires closely tied to the Kremlin to Vladimir Putin. This would explain why Putin wanted to help Trump win and why he interfered with our election, why he manipulated uh, 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 data in order to help Americans decide to vote for Donald Trump, etc., etc., etc. Lawrence O'Donnell went on TV last night and said, uh... Sorry about that. Last night on this show, I discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I repeated statements. A single source told me about the president's finances and loan documents with Deutsche Bank, saying, if true, as I discussed the information, was simply not good enough. I did not go through the rigorous verification and standards process here at MSNBC before. What rigorous and standards and verification process does NBC have? This is par for the NBC course, for goodness sakes. It's one of the reasons Brian Williams is no longer on NBC News at night. There are no standards and verification and journalistic uh, practices at NBC News. But nonetheless, continue with your mea culpa. For repeating what I heard from my source, had it gone through that process, I would not have been permitted to report it. I should not have said it on air or posted it on Twitter. I was wrong to do so. This afternoon, attorneys for the president sent us a letter asserting the story is false. They also demanded a retraction. Tonight, we are retracting the story. We don't know whether the information is inaccurate, but the fact is we do know. It wasn't ready for broadcast, and for that, I apologize. Last night on this what show, I want I to just- know what I want to know now uh, is what NBC is going to do about this. A simple retraction and an apology from Lawrence O'Donnell is that going to unring the bell? Does that get the toothpaste back in the tube? You ever tried doing that? You ever squeeze out too much, try to push back in the tube? It's not possible. Once it's out, it's out. And once lies like Lawrence O'Donnell told on his MSNBC program are out, they're out. You can't unring the bell. You can't push the paste back in. Because we don't know how many millions of Americans saw the report live, probably not that many, it's MSNBC, but then, and saw it on Twitter, and shared it, and has continued to spread it, that Donald Trump is in the pocket of Russian oligarchs, and didn't see your retraction. We have no idea how many people saw the original story and spread it, but didn't see the retraction and have the ability to spread it. That's what makes this so dangerous. This is the essence of the president's condemnation of fake news and fake news media being the enemy of the people. They're not serving the people. They're harming the people. And if you're harming people, you are the enemy of the people. What will NBC do? If Lawrence O'Donnell is still on the air, we know they don't care 
about truth. If Lawrence O'Donnell keeps his show and keeps his job, NBC will prove that they have no standards and journalistic practices. This must result in the termination of Lawrence O'Donnell at NBC and anybody else who said to him, yeah, run with it, with your single source, unverified, from Deutsche Bank. Run with this story that accuses Donald Trump. The accusation, by the way, was preceded by the accusation that Deutsche Bank has Donald Trump's tax returns, all of them, and proves that he pays very little to no taxes in most years. And then, oh, by the way, he took out loans that needed co-signers. He could not have gotten loans without those co-signers. And the co-signers he found were Russian oligarchs close to Putin, proving that he's in bed in a financial relationship with Vladimir Putin, which is why Putin would be motivated to help him win the presidency and thus do his bidding. That can't be undone by a simple retraction. 56 seconds from start to finish with Lawrence O'Donnell. That is the very definition of fake news. If you want to react to that, I'll give you a chance to next on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. One time a thing occurred to me, what's real and what's for sale, we kiss and try to take it. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Real quick summary of what I just did for the opening segment. Uh, President Trump is wrong to demand that Fox News not hire any liberals and not have anybody who opposes anything that he says and uh, that they should carry the water for him. He's wrong to expect that. However, he is absolutely right to expect to not be savage with fake news like the the uh, story from Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC. And if NBC continues to employ him, I don't care about the retraction. It is a tacit approval of his tactics and his reporting. Amy is in Hudson, wants to get in before the bottom of the hour. Hi, Amy, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. First of all, I want to thank you for educating us and going over all the news so that we don't have to read every single newspaper. But I would like to address this fake news thing. For, couple, for the last couple of years, I have been calling the radio stations mm-hmm. and the television stations locally, and even in New York one time I got so angry, and call them up on the fact that they are not reporting real news. And I quote verbatim what they have said on the, uh, over the air, and uh, then I tell them the truth. And I end my conversation, which is polite. I end up by saying, uh, now you don't want to be known as a, the a fake news radio or television, whatever. Right. So I would love everybody to do that. If everybody in the country did that, what would happen? Well, hopefully they would get the message, you know, the same kind of uh, impact uh, we would hope as, uh, 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 you know, calling our members of Congress, calling our representatives and saying we are watching and we are going to hold you accountable. That's the thing that we can vote uh, a representative out of office. We can't vote the TV stations out of business. We can't vote radio stations out of business. But I do understand your point. And, yes, it is important to be heard. I encourage people to do that all the time, including here. 
If you've got a problem with something that I'm saying and you do, and you and you want to you want to admonish me or warn me or whatever, by all means, bring those conversations to me. This does not have to be, nor should it be, an echo chamber. All right, it's nine thirty. We're going to get news. We're going to come back. I've got more thoughts on this, but I'm also going to hit the local story. The police swarmed the mayor of Cleveland's home last night in an, in a homicide investigation. There was a homicide yesterday involving, well, at least. Uh, Frank Jackson's grandson's car and the way things went down at the uh, mayor's home last night, well, they should trouble everybody who is interested in law and order and justice for everyone. I'll explain what I mean by that coming up after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Thirty-six. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, the answer on this Thursday morning, a local story of some concern. Concern for the obvious reason, there was a homicide in Cleveland. That's not news in and of itself. Well, it is. Let me rephrase. It's not unusual is what I'm trying to say, uh, sadly. Uh, Cleveland continues to be a very dangerous place to live in some circumstances and in some parts of the city. Uh, the homicide rate is uh, is unacceptable. But in this particular case, the story is disturbing not just because of the homicide. In this particular case, the story is disturbing because of the investigation and where it led. It led uh, literally just hours after the homicide due to witnesses uh, and, I believe, uh, camera recordings of the license plate of a car at the scene of that homicide. Uh, police uh, officers ran the license plate and determined it belonged to the grandson of Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson. They proceeded to Mayor Frank Jackson's home. And the story from there gets very, very interesting. I'm going to let uh, 19 News tell you most of this story from their reporting last night, and then we'll fill in the gaps. Problems for Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson, an extremely heavy police presence outside his home tonight. 19 News, first to report this, and we're going to go right to Brian Duffy, live outside of Cleveland City Hall. Brian. Well, guys, it has the makings of a very, very interesting day here tomorrow at Cleveland City Hall. Here is what we know right now. We had a camera on scene outside of the mayor's home on the east side of Cleveland. As you mentioned, there was a very heavy police presence. Those detectives, those officers working the scene outside of the mayor's home. The mayor was on scene tonight outside his home as he had several discussions with Cleveland Division of Police Detectives. The mayor did not get involved with police activity, as it appeared, at least, that he was simply being briefed as to what was taking place outside his home. Also interesting, Cleveland police did place a person, and we are told by police it was a juvenile in a Cleveland police cruiser. We are not going to speculate as to who the person was or show their face, as police did tell us it was a juvenile. We did see that police spent several moments examining the juvenile's pants before placing him in the cruiser. It is not clear the status of the juvenile at this point who was not cuffed. Now, shortly after the juvenile was taken away and before the scene was cleared away, police had a large pickup truck 
towed away from the scene. We are not sure at this point what, if anything, obviously it does have something to do with the case, whatever that case may be, we are not sure the relation of the pickup truck to whatever it is that was going on at the mayor's home this evening. We did reach out to Cleveland police, and other than the fact that they told us that they were talking to a juvenile and that we should not show his face, they had no comment. We also reached out to the mayor's office tonight. His spokesman said he was unaware of what was taking place at the mayor's home and would have a comment as soon as he knew exactly why there was a police presence at the The police presence, as I can tell you, from two sources, not one Larry O'Donnell. Um, The police presence at the mayor's home was the result of a homicide that took place on Cleveland's west side. And again, the vehicle belonging to Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson's grandson was at that location. That is why police converged on Frank Jackson's home, because they wanted to investigate who was in the uh, grandson's car, and particularly if the grandson was in that car. He was not home, I can tell you, at the time they showed up, but he showed up while the police were there, not in his car, but in a different car with a juvenile. So that is quite likely, I think it is fair to say, uh, the juvenile that was detained and not cuffed but put into the cruiser and detained at that situation, who was also being inspected. One can presume, and I think it's okay to do this, I watched the video of them scanning the individual's clothing, uh, very likely looking for bloodstains because there was a homicide involved. Now, that's that's speculative, but we do know that what is not speculation is that the police were inspecting him. It's on video and inspecting his clothes. Now, I'm going to share with you another version of the story, this one from Fox 8 News, who can give us a little bit more. And again, I will fill in the gaps after. Trying to confirm who was taken into custody and why, but multiple law enforcement sources tell the Fox 8 I-team that this follows a fatal shooting on the city's west side. It was Wednesday afternoon when detectives were called out for a shooting near West 50th and Clark Avenue. Medical examiner says 30-year-old Antonio Parra died at the scene. We were there as homicide detectives placed markers and gathered evidence. Hours later, that investigation led detectives to the home of Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson. They went there to question a juvenile and seize a vehicle that, according to our I-team sources, might have been involved with the Clark Avenue shooting. Police confirm a teen was taken in for questioning. A Ford pickup also was towed from the mayor's house. Mayor Jackson was outside talking to police when we arrived. Mayor's home has around-the-clock police protection, but there were multiple patrol cars and homicide detectives on the scene. We reached out to Cleveland Police and the mayor's office as well. Neither of them has provided any additional information. We're waiting to get more from them. Again, what we know is there was a fatal shooting on the city's west side yesterday afternoon. Our sources tell us that that led investigators to speak with a juvenile here at Mayor Frank Jackson's home yesterday. That juvenile then taken in for questioning. All right, and that's where the story does need some uh, uh, some enhancement. Uh, let me, uh, when I say facts, enhancement, not in, 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 uh, in fantasy here, but in facts. Uh, here's, here are what my sources have told me. Um, the individual who was taken into custody, of course, was not the mayor's grandson. And the mayor's grandson was not allowed to be transported to uh, police, uh, uh, second district, or third district, rather, because uh, the mayor refused to allow it, saying this individual 
is not going to be taken anywhere. If you want to talk to him, you can talk to him here, which is, according to my sources, a strict, or not strict, severe violation of police protocols. That is not how this would be done. A couple of points. Number one, the clothing store, the store on the west side, 50th and Clark, um, is a clothing store, I think kind of a thrift-style clothing store, but is well-known in the community as being a drug den, a place where individuals go to sell or buy drugs. All right? My sources tell me this is very well-known to Cleveland police officers, and it's very well-known to Cleveland residents in that, in that particular area. The fact that the mayor's grandson was at that location, or at least his vehicle was, is troubling, which is what led police to go and find the, the owner of that car, the grandson. That's why they went to the mayor's home. They were greeted by a mayor who essentially instructed them they were, they were to turn off their body cams. They were not allowed to wear their body cams to come and talk to him and or his grandson. And that these higher, I shouldn't say, I, let me, I'm going to backtrack on that because I want to be as accurate as I can. I'm quoting my sources, or actually I'm paraphrasing and quoting my sources that I spoke with last night about this. Higher ups in the city had, had uh, told the officers they were not to wear body cams or use their body cams when questioning the mayor or the mayor's grandson. That's number one. St- severe violation of police protocols. Number two, they were told he is not going anywhere. He's not allowed to be taken in for questioning. He can be questioned there on the scene, but he's not leaving that home, the mayor's home, last night. The mayor, uh, through the mayor's office, apparently said that there will be a statement this morning from the mayor, or at least from the mayor's council, or from the juvenile, his grandson's council. So whatever attorneys uh, need to be there are going to be there as a part of that statement. I'm waiting to see what that is this morning. Not sure exactly what time that's supposed to happen. It's 945 right now. But there are some severe questions about whether or not justice for all is equal in the uh, city of Cleveland. Um, it's been explained to me that protocol, in this case, when a vehicle at the scene of a homicide is identified as belonging to an individual, that individual is going to be brought to the police station and questioned about his presence there. Why were you there? Were you driving your vehicle? If not, where were you? All of these things are supposed to be done at the police station, and if the individual chooses not to answer and wishes to retain counsel and lawyers up, if you will, they can be arrested and detained there for a period of time for more questioning uh, in the presence of that attorney. That None of that was allowed to happen here. Frank Jackson's grandson got special treatment, essentially by the mayor himself. These are what This is what my sources have told me. He was supposed to be taken in, and they were not allowed to take him in. They took the juvenile accomplice out, uh, as mentioned. Uh, I shouldn't say accomplice, but acquaintance, we'll put it that way. The grandson is going to make a statement today with his attorney, and the order came from higher-ups that there would be no cameras, there would be no body cams or anything else, and he would not be taken into Cleveland police. They went there to question him in the at, at the station, to take him in for questioning, and they were not allowed to do that. Um, Cleveland police officers are not allowed, not allowed to do their jobs. Talk about handcuffing the officers. 
homicide detectives and patrol officers all on the scene were not allowed to do their jobs as they would normally do them because it was Mayor Frank Jackson and the mayor's grandson. And this follows the pattern, as you know, of Frank Jackson intervening on behalf of his grandson, who has been arrested uh, numerous times for violations of the... um, uh, the street bike laws, you know, the, uh, you know, these, uh, individuals who are riding their street bikes all over the city of Cleveland recklessly and dangerously and putting people in danger and, and all kinds of things. And, and, and most infamously, the mayor spearheaded the two point, I'm going to have to go back in my memory bank here, 2.5 million, I want to say, or 2.1 or 2.2 million dollars to build a street or to build a bike track in the city of Cleveland so that people like his grandson, uh, have a place to ride. Rather than cracking down on the uh, illegal bikers, he spent $2 million or what wanted to spend $2 million of taxpayer money to give his grandson a place to practice his hobby. This is a disturbing development, and it is right now developing. We don't have all of the facts. We don't have all of the answers, but there were a whole heck of a lot of questions, and those questions were supposed to be done at a police station when somebody is... Um, found to uh, you know to be the owner of a vehicle that is at the scene of a homicide that individual is coming in there's just no two ways about it that individual is coming in and 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 detectives are going to grill him on those you know those facts where were you why was your vehicle there who had your vehicle if it wasn't you um where did you go after well, how did you come to be with this person? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and play the whole game, but you understand. Questioning by detectives in a homicide, it's not done in a quick cursory manner in a driveway or in a, on a front porch at the mayor's house. But Mayor Jackson wasn't going to allow his grandson to be taken in. Is the mayor of Cleveland handcuffing cops in their investigation of a homicide? Is the mayor of Cleveland interested in justice for the homicide victim or only for protecting his own family? It's a question that needs to be answered. I'm not making accusations here, but I am asking very pointed questions based on information that was given to me not by one but two different sources about what happened last night. If you're concerned about the leadership of this city and Mayor Frank Jackson, if you're concerned about policing in this city and how and why it is so impossible for them to do their jobs, I think we have a real serious uh, uh, set of questions for the mayor. So they're supposed to have a statement today, an announcement from the grandson through his attorney. We'll see when that comes. It's supposed to happen this morning. He was supposed to give his answers to the questions from the detectives at the police station last night. That was not allowed. All right, it's 9.50. We'll take a quick time out. Come back, get a couple of calls. If you want to weigh in on this, do so at 216-901-0945. This is the Bob France Authority. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. All right, 954, I want to get a few phone calls in here before the top of the hour. Dr. Everett Piper comes by with his uh, regular visit at about 1010. So let's get some thoughts now from uh, Maury in Beechwood on AM 1420, The Answer. Maury, go right ahead. Hi, good morning, Bob. I somewhat agree with uh, your comment, uh, criticism of uh, President Trump 
you know, tweet by Fox News, uh, by the, them, them yes. him wanting them to carry his message for him. But, but uh, I also understand his frustration, something that I share as well. You know, you remember you just uh, reviewed Lawrence O'Donnell's diatribe about the If True issue, issue that right. was already debunked. Um, we have all these anti-Trump news media um, who lie and only have contributors who hate and lie about the president. Now, it, it, it's kind of frustrating. Uh, even, you know, like on, on Fox, um, I've watched Laura Ingram's show, and I happen to like her show, but many times when she has both a liberal and a conservative debating, what usually happens is the conservative usually makes some really sound points. The liberal just care, it just has certain talking points, never makes sense, never talks about the subject. Uh, for example, she's had Candace Owens and somebody else debate. Now, Candace Owens is a very smart... The specifics individual. on that, Maury. Maury, I understand how, how, how cable news works, and I understand these shows. Right. I've been on those shows. Right. Um, but but that's, that's exactly the point. You just made the point. Uh, let let the news happen and let the different people speak. Let the conservative make the points, as you just said, that they do oftentimes on Laura's show, and let the liberal just sit there and babble with uh, senselessness that are just uh, you know talking points. And let that happen. That is all that a news station is supposed to do. They're supposed to provide, excuse me, fair and balanced coverage. They're supposed to provide both sides of an issue, both points, right. both parties, both whatever, and that is what Fox does better than CNN or MSNBC or any of them do, and that's uh, what the president should support. Okay, I agree, but for example, you know, Tucker Carlson, just to give you an example, most of the time he only has one uh, guest. It could be a liberal, it could be conservative, but he challenges them. I mean, he interrogates them to, to get to the truth. Now, I've just been in, introduced uh, to uh, to uh, Liz Wheeler. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She's a, a tipping point. She does this yeah. show at 9 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One American Network. She's another one. Incredibly intelligent, conservative. She'll have guests. She'll have conservatives. Okay, but I'm, I'm failing to understand your point here, Maury. You're just telling me you're naming talk show hosts and telling me how good they do. I don't understand the point you're trying to make here. The, the point is, I have no problem if they just have like a liberal or conservative like, separately and just interrogate them, let them make a point. But when they have a debate like that, all the liberal most of the time does is just talk. I mean, most of the time they just lie, just like the, all the other networks who constantly lie about Trump. Maybe that's okay. Well, but, but that's their that's their prerogative how they want to present themselves. But that you know, we're not we cannot condemn a network which the president did for not carrying his water. That's not what a network is supposed to do. That's asking for state-run media. The president said, "We have to find a new news network because Fox News isn't working for us anymore." That's a very bold and and dangerous statement to make. Fox News was never working for the president. They shouldn't be. They, look, did CNN work for Barack Obama? You're darn right they did. Did MSNBC work for Barack Obama? You're darn right they, they did. Did they work for the Clinton campaign during the election cycle? You're darn right they did. And what did we say? We said that's terrible. That's not news. We said that's unfair. That that's biased. That those are the things that we said and we were right. <laughs> we're right. No network should be carrying the water for a politician or an elected official. Now, the problem with that is the left turns around and says, well, Fox News carries the water for Donald Trump. 
Fox News does his bidding. Fox News is state-run media. And Fox News says, no, we don't. We have some of our hosts who are definitely conservative and definitely support the president's points of view on a lot of things, like Sean Hannity and like Brian Kilmeade and like, uh, 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 for crying out loud, why am I not thinking of him? Uh, Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram. But we provide fair coverage because we're bringing the liberal point of view on. We're bringing, they even hired Donna Brazil, which I don't like, but I get it. We have Juan Williams, who's surrounded by four conservatives on the five, but he's a liberal point of view. We want everybody to hear everything. That's closer to fair and balanced coverage. And the president going on Twitter and saying, Fox News isn't doing our job. They hired Donna Brazil, and they have Juan Williams and Shepard Smith, who's a liberal on the air, and uh, they're not doing, they're, they don't work for us anymore. Fox News doesn't work for us anymore. You're giving the left so much ammunition there. You're suggesting that you were in a working relationship with Fox News, that Fox News was carrying your water, and it is not supposed to. That's a big, big problem as far as I'm concerned. All right, I got to get a time out here because it's news time. If you're on hold, I apologize. I'll have to come to you after the 1030 break because coming up in the next half hour, uh, Dr. Everett Piper is going to join us. The Equality Act was celebrated on Sunday night on the MTV Music Awards by Taylor Swift, one of the most popular recording artists in the world. She did a Rainbow Pride-themed Equality Act song and production and presentation and then called out the White House in her comments uh, after the um, after the performance, all in favor of the Equality Act, which, as Dr. Piper will discuss, is anything but equal. That's coming up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.